All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the uh, program. we got a lot coming up today. Simple man Bill O'Reilly will join us. Uh, Bob McDonald, um, he was prosecuted and convicted in a case that was run by the special counsel Jack Smith, found guilty of 11 corruption counts, took it all the way to the Supreme Court, got a unanimous vote uh, uh, vacating the conviction. You know, this whole that whole thing was over one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. And the and the federal sentencing recommendations was 10 years in jail. And, you know, what was amazing, what the course, what the what the what that case hinged on was, quote, government favors or official acts not really defined in law. In other words, very broad. And, yeah, there are people that when you're in public office might give you a cigar, they might give you flowers, they might give. And, you know, this is this is what B.B. Netanyahu was going through and dealing with down at dealing with in Israel that you know, he got cigars and his wife got a gift. Kind of a common occurrence uh, if you're a head of state, in that case, prime minister of Israel. You know, it's it's just an absolute mess. But I mean, this this 10 years, 135,000. Anyway, it took him 28 million dollars and and nearly four plus years of his life when you can when you consider the investigative time. Um, And it ends up with a vacated decision by this unanimously vacated lower court decision uh, conviction. And uh, and anyway, he'll tell us his story. You know, one of the things that. and, and this is generally speaking, one of the things that really concerns me is, and this should concern everybody in the case of like, for example, Donald Trump in New York. You know, you have a DA, Alvin Bragg, you know, ran on the, a platform to get Donald Trump, made a promise, a pledge, one man, one family, one organization. He's going to be going after them. Uh, you can't have a position in power like that. And that's your pledge and your promise. Wow. That's been the same thing with the, the attorney general. You know, where this is getting, you know, to be really, really, you know, difficult for President Trump and the country is, you know, we're about to have a primary for president of the United States. He's the leading candidate right now for the Republicans by a pretty large margin. Now, if you look at the PAC schedule, OK, the 23rd, uh, that, what is that next week? I'll be in the great state of Wisconsin. Fox has their first Republican primary debate. We don't know for sure whether or not Donald Trump is going or not going or attending or not attending. Um, But in the meantime, between now and the 25th of August, he has to be arraigned in Georgia for the charges that were brought up on Monday. Uh, Then the the case uh, the civil case brought by the New York attorney general looking for two hundred fifty million dollar judgment you know, he and his family, you know, will have to deal with that in October of this year. Um, I would imagine, hopefully, maybe a deal can be struck ahead of time. But anyway, then Jack Smith wants on January 2nd of next year for the trial in Washington, D.C. to begin. Uh, here's one of the problems with that. And this is where these conflicts now come in. These trials are going to take weeks and weeks on end. Uh, how does he campaign in Iowa? Because on January 15th, you know, a mere 13 days later, they're holding their first presidential caucus. And then if you look also that same date, the 15th, when Iowa's caucuses are taking place, the, the court docket calendar has the E. Jean Carroll defamation case being scheduled. You know, that case was already settled, but then something Trump said. 
um, when he brushed off the initial victory that she had, you know, that, you know, when he said it was a made up story, she went back into court. Here we go again. And then if you look to mid-January to early February, well, then we've got the first primary, which is the New Hampshire primary. And yet they're looking in Georgia where their intention is for a, a trial within six months. I mean, they've been investigating this two and a half years. You're going to give the defense only six months to prepare? Okay. And then South Carolina, February 24th right in the middle of whatever's going on in Georgia, if these dates hold, uh, they have their primary contest, their Republican presidential contest, uh, leading up to Super Tuesday, which is March 5th. By March 25th, the the New York City case brought by Alvin Bragg is set to begin, and, and that deals with the Stormy Daniel payment case from seven years ago. And then in May of 2024, okay, then the Florida case is supposed to come up. That's all happening in the middle of a presidential primary. Now, Donald Trump keeps using the word election interference and election interference. And he, he asked the question, well, if this was so bad, why didn't they bring these issues up before this? Especially in the case in D.C., in the case in Fulton County. I mean, it does does raise a lot of questions. By the way, is Joe Biden's special counsel going to indict Joe Biden we don't even hear word one from the guy. You don't even know his name. You know, Jack Smith's name is in the news every day. Do you know the name of the special counsel appointed? It? Well, you know, the one in the Hunter Biden case, because that was the guy that's been investigating for four years that offered him a sweetheart deal and that let the statute of limitations run out. And the guy that the IRS whistleblowers claim uh, that he said and they wrote contemporaneous notes at the time. Uh, that he was the one saying that in spite of what the attorney general is saying, and he had previously said he did not have authority to go beyond his his districts to, to pursue charges and allegations against Hunter Biden. But he did let the Hunter Biden, you know, did offer the sweetheart deal slap on the wrist deal that had written inside the the gun diversion provision of the agreement that the judge didn't see till the morning of that hearing. Uh, that, you know, any other crimes that may have been committed during this time period will not be followed upon, and which the judge called out. And is that what you is you're, you're agreeing to this as a prosecution? Oh, 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 no. How did that get in there? We didn't mean to agree to that. And then the defense said, oh, yes, you did. And they've been trying to hold them accountable to that agreement. So far, it's not working, but they're going to. Um, I thought there was a great piece in the and I'll get into this with Bill O'Reilly later, but um in by the Epic Times, how the Trump and in, in, uh, indictment in Georgia, a lot of this now deals with something called criminal intent. Now, one of the reasons I've never liked what they call our, you know, hate crimes legislation is, and, and remember, you might recall in I think it was two thousand, and remember the terrible, tragic, dragging death of this man down in, in Texas. And and then this ad comes out and it was like my father was killed all over again because George W. Bush didn't support hate crimes legislation, which was a total distortion of his position because what he did support in, in the dragging death of this innocent man was the death penalty. And, and good for him for supporting that. But, you know, the idea is that you can actually ascertain and determine 
what is in somebody's head. Now, unless they put it in writing, I'm not sure that you're able to successfully prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, of the 41 crimes that were brought up in the in the Georgia case, you know, committed by various people of the alleged 11 uh, crimes, alleged crimes, uh, 11 list President Trump as defendant. And what we've now discovered in the Epic Times points out is they would require various forms of a criminal state of mind. In other words, that the perpetrator, in this case, it would be Donald Trump and it would be probably the other people, the other 17 people charged, that they would be have a need to be aware that what they were doing was unlawful. Well, how do you how do you prove that? Because if you look at the nearly 100 pages of the indictment, and I've read the whole thing about the enterprise, the enterprise, the enterprise, that that's all, you know, word parsing to convince, you know, everybody to see this is a a racketeering case, a RICO case usually used against mob families, et cetera. Historically, the guy that would know it the best is Rudy Giuliani. But anyway, they don't explain how the. Fulton County D.A. knows that President Trump acted with criminal intent. We do know that Donald Trump was told that this was legal and this this was lawful. You know, the issue of the phone call, if you read and actually you can download it, the full conversation that took place, the one in, in question that says I only need 780 votes, but all of the comments of the president up to that point were were referencing where he viewed himself as having won Georgia by hundreds of thousands of votes and where he saw election issues that he believed in. And having been somebody that's in, you know, interviewed him as much as I have, and it's all public record, you know, I could tell you that if he took a lie detector test, he believed it and still believes it. I mean, I, I think he's threatening to come out with a, you know, a rebuttal against these charges that would be he believes would be an exoneration you know i think personally from a legal standpoint and a political standpoint a bad strategy that's my humble opinion you know elections are about the future on that side of it the political side of it and and i think that you know at, at this point now having been indicted it's better off to be quiet and not talk about these things that's my own personal view based on the fact that, you know, I have attorneys that I talk to regularly and they advise me of these things. Anyway, you know, I'll give you one example of this. You know, if it's if this is about Donald Trump's allegation or the allegation is about his efforts to overturn election results and by using a racketeering conspiracy to do so, and, you know, by claiming that the election was marred by irregularities, et cetera, et cetera, and fraud, et cetera, et cetera, and, and leading some to have this alternative, and we'll play for you Democrats, by the way, in, in all their times, they talked about Donald Trump being an illegitimate president and how foreign influence and Russia elected a foreign president and uh, was played a role in this. Uh, and how sign the petition so Hillary can overturn the election results. All of that happened. But again, we have a dual justice system. We don't have equal justice in application of our laws. Anyway, one of the things they allege is that, you know, some of the violation of state laws against solicitation of a felony. In other words, if you're convincing lawmakers that you're right and that, well, that would refer to them breaking their oath of office.
Well, the Georgia Oath of Office says, I hereby solemnly swear or affirm I will support the Constitution of this state and the United States and all questions, measures which may come before me. I will so conduct myself as will in my judgment be most conducive to the interest and prosperity of the state. The indictment doesn't explain what part of the oath that I just read you that lawmakers were asked to break. And as this Epic Times piece goes on fundamentally, uh, violating the oath would only meet the criminal statute standard if it was done willfully. In other words, with criminal intent. Now, unless you have them saying we're doing this, even though we know it's, it's wrong, um, that would be criminal intent. Or did they believe in what they were saying? It's that, and how do you prove that? That is that bar is so high. It's insane. Now, I'll give you the historical context. Bill O'Reilly wants to talk about the history in the 1800s and Thomas Jefferson and Burr and Hamilton. But even more, you know, of, of a legal precedent of alternative elector slates being brought to bear happened in the Nixon election with Hawaii. I'll go into all of the all of the details of that case. Um, but again, I, I have to digress and go back to another point that I made, which is. I don't believe any Republican can get a fair trial in Georgia, a Fulton County, predominantly Democrat, or New York City, 12% voted for Trump. D.C., another venue, horrible for him. Um, so I think Professor Dershowitz is right, saying, yeah, we're likely going to see convictions. And then the, the trick is going to be to overturn it. Here's the problem. The trials are likely to take place next year in an election year. The appeals will take place post that election. So that won't be in the voters' minds. And that raises the whole issue of whether or not, you know, this is fair to this country and to Donald Trump and to everybody if you have the election but don't have an opportunity to have the appeal. 